well, he's like, a lot of wealth is built during recessions. And a lot of people can come out of recessions, you know, if they're doing okay during then, they can come out of them being the best company there is. They can have the best assets there are because guess what? During recessions, there's a lot of fear. All right, welcome back to a Mac podcast where we talk about anything in real estate and, um, you know, of course, business. And we always try to unfollow the herd and uh, try to get the 99% to think like the 1%. And today is just on that topic. So uh, a little topic I want to talk about is uh, how the rich get richer and why the broke stay broke and uh, how you can change a mindset to think more like the wealthy do and uh, not only invest in the assets they do, but like, like how do you get that that risk adverse mentality and like try to like leave a legacy instead of just you know trying to work a job and 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 trying to just work more hours. So, um, and uh, I want to if if you guys are interested in um, you know the content I'm talking today, make sure that you share this with somebody. I don't advertise, right? Like this is the only, the only way the message gets shared is if you share this with somebody that this can help. Uh, it could be the best Christmas present you ever uh, ever give to somebody. And it can be a great way for, uh, you know, maybe you build a new friend just because you shared this with them and it helped provide them a ton of value. Um, and it helps helps me, it helps this channel and helps this podcast. And, and anyway, so, um, all right. What, so... If we're talking about how the wealthy get wealthier, I mean, you guys all have heard about this, right? Like, you know, how do you build wealth? When is wealth actually built? Is it is it built, you know, just when times are good because you you waited for right correct timing? Well, we've talked a lot about that, right? Like you don't there's no not a perfect time to invest. Um, and oftentimes it's, it's the Warren Buffett strategy. Let's just talk about a mindset that Warren has. He always thinks that, Hey, when everyone's going left investing and to we'll call it 21, 22, and these things are, well, these, these assets are way overvalued. He's what sitting on the sidelines. Right. And then he's like, Hey, times like this, Warren's been buying left and right lately. Why? Well, he's like, a lot of wealth is built during recessions. And a lot of people can come out of recessions, you know, if they're doing okay during then, they can come out of them being the best company there is. They can have the best assets there are because guess what? During recessions, there's a lot of fear. You need to have some risk adversity like within you and like understand that like building assets is, building assets and equity is the most important thing you can do during a recession because everything's on sale. Everything is cheaper because guess what? Interest rates are high. Um, you got baby boomers wanting to leave, wanting to sell so they can get rid of these problems. There's all these things that can happen. And, and all the, a lot of wealth, most of the wealth has been built during recessions. Not all the wealth, but a lot of wealth can get built during recessions. Hey, guess what time we're in? You all know like the economy's down right now, right? Like, and we're going into election year and like, hey, maybe it's time to take action like now right? Like don't want to wait, wait for this. And the best day, the best day to start was yesterday, but Hey, maybe you can start in the next hour. You can get done listening to this, take some action in the next hour to help make 2024 literally your best year, because you got one deal done. You got, you know, uh, you invested in something that that'll grow. And, um, whenever one else is sitting in high yield savings account, just hopefully taking the safe route that 
you know, no one became a billionaire investing in high yield savings accounts or, uh, or bonds. So, um, and another point, like we want to create generational wealth, like you got to have purpose behind this, right? Like you don't want to just build all these assets. What, what are you, what are you doing? You're trying to build time freedom behind this and grow a generation's worth of wealth. And guess what? All the rich get richer during a crash. So, you know, I want to dive into all these topics a little bit. This is basically a guide. Um, I have seven steps that I want to break down individually, um, really uh, to give you a general grasp on how the rich get richer. Because I think if you understand the mentality behind it, and you're like, oh, here's the rich get richer again, and I'm the poor me mentality, and uh, I'm the victim because these guys are rich and they just keep getting richer. If I did that, I would just hang it up now um, and go get a job and you know live under a rock because that's pretty much what you're telling yourself. It's not. This doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. And maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking like. Yeah, I want to. I want to do something outside of this. I want to build something greater. I want to do something more, but I got a lot of fear. Well, let's talk about that. I got seven steps here. Let's navigate financial ups and downs, and basically a guide to building wealth and and how how you can how you can achieve it. And it's not unreasonable for anyone at any point in their life. This can be an eighteen year old or a sixty year old that wants to start tomorrow. This is how you're going to do it. Um, you know, and and just uh, the first thing I want to talk about is, you know, market shift, interest rates will rise, they'll create challenging conditions like we're living in. But it's crucial during these times to recognize, you know, the opportunities because they're out there. Even though opportunities, though, when they come about, it's the hardest time to raise money. It's the hardest time to do everything. It's hardest time to get financing. It's, um, you know, the rents are slowing down. Uh, the economy is going to go to zero. No, it's not. I, I promise you, we are live in the United States. If you're listening here, this is one of the best times ever. And you live in a great country where you can have just, you can go get the loan just like I can go get the loan. You may have to get creative how you get it done. That's honestly how we're getting a lot of deals done today. There's lots of creativeness, but that's a whole nother podcast. I go find something on creative financing that I put out and you'll see all my strategies there. But here's what you want to understand. You don't know anything about real estate. You don't know anything about equity. Maybe you just work somewhere. Uh, maybe you understand all that, but you just like, there's too much fear. I don't have, I, I, I just have a million dollars in my 401k and like, I'm just going to ride that ship till it sails. And, you know, hey, you can do that. That might be a good, good position for you, but it's not going to be a great way to build legacy wealth and, and have more purpose. So you want to just like, let's just scratch everything aside, anticipate what's happening at a macroeconomic level. So this would be, a 5,000 foot overview of what's happening in economics. We came out of a pandemic, we printed a bunch of money and basically caused a ton of inflations to assets because uh, interest rates dropped down to zero. And when things like when you can borrow money at dang near two, 3%, 4%, a lot of the mortgages are under 4%. Guess what? The asset value rises because in an apartment complex, Everything's based off of how much the apartment operates for income. So if you own a bunch of apartments free and clear, there's obviously an NOI, net operating income, basically your rents minus some expenses on the building, repairs, maintenance, whatever, and you got money left over. Well, when you can borrow debt very cheaply, obviously it's going to elevate all the asset prices because it's cheaper debt. 
whatever. Okay, we understand what's happening then. So they lowered debt to hopefully get the economy stimulated and back on its feet. Well, now we're living a life where we're not really sure what's happening. Everyone's 401k has been flat for like three years. The stock market's going up, down, and it's more or less trading uh, more of more horizontally. It's not got huge spikes. I know that we hit a huge day um, and things are looking up because they're talking about cutting interest rates in the future and they need to because otherwise they'll send us into recession, which is likely going to happen anyway in 2024. And that's when the investors hit. So why is the stock market going up while we're talking about going into recession? Because investors, the wealthy, are dictating that Understand the stock market views 18 months out, then all the investors are thinking about, okay, we need to invest now because the stock market is dictating how the economy will be in 18 months. When the interest rates are down, um, maybe buying comes back up, whatever. Demand's going to go higher. And so you have to be a buyer now. So usually you'll see a move from high yield savings accounts, safety, bonds, safety into the stock market because it's viewing 18 months out because you're gonna ride that wave up and then guess what? Things are gonna plateau and then what happens to real estate? It kind of lags behind all of this. So you got you got high yield savings accounts, bonds, super safe, easy, make hardly any money, don't keep up with inflation. Then you're gonna have everyone ride stocks and then the lagging indicator is gonna be assets and real estate. So you're gonna see pain in some real estate. And I, you guys know that I'm bullish on real estate because I think the tax appreciation, the cash flow, everything is a better asset class to invest in for the long term. I love investing in things that depreciate over time. Uh, sorry, not only depreciate, but you can heavily depreciate them and they appreciate in value. So um, if you're investing in collector cars, uh, maybe a collector cars well, is not a good one, but let's just say cars, they're a depreciating asset that save you a little bit of taxes, but also lose value over time. So that's the way the wealthy think, right? So here we are, the art of preparation, the, the art of preparation for this is understanding, okay, what happened in the financial crisis? What happened in the 80s? What happened, you know, in all of these other recessions prior to this, you just got to understand this is this is a cyclical thing. We just know we're in the down market right now. Do we believe in three years that we're going to be in a complete, completely different space? I don't know. That's what 2,000 years of history show us. It shows that we're going to be probably on the uptick again, right? Like we've already had the, the Dow reach an all-time high again. Like we're already talking about all this and we're, we're talking about going into recession. So while you're seeing the news about recession, the economy is actually thinking 18 months out and thinking, no, this looks really good on the other side. And so... The investors are investing right now, but the original stock market, someone that just understood the stock market may be sitting on the sidelines, sitting in high yield savings accounts, sitting in safety, waiting for things to go back up while everything passes them. Everything goes back up in value. And again, you were too late. You missed the boat. You had not enough risk adversity to really see like, hey, I should jump in now. So you, just number one, you and that's the biggest one. Like you want to anticipate economic shifts. Just understand globally, like where's the economy going? Do we think it gets worse from here? No, the Fed's actually already told you the cheat code. We're not going. It's not going to get worse from here. At least interest rate wise, right? Economy wise, might. So this would be a great time. You want to buy when there's fear. You don't want to buy when there's four thousand buyers. You know, on the same building. You want to buy when there's no buyers and figure out how to get the deal done. Can you, you can creatively get that done. I promise you. Um, and so moving into number two, identifying undervalued assets. So, you know, 
your savvy investor is going to recognize basically undervalued assets during, you know, economic downturns. So, you know, real estate's, the cap rates are going up, meaning real estate is going down in value. And, you know, now you have stock market already taken off. If you didn't get on the bridge a month ago, it's like, yeah, I think we're in a bull run. I, th I don't think you're too late, though. You could still invest into the stock market. But what about real estate? It's continuing to slide because interest rates and banks are tight. Why? Because they know we're going into recession. And they're not, they're not very liquid, right? They're going to start pulling their money from the banks and putting in the stock markets, and then they're going to be dumping it into real estate. So you just got to understand that asset prices are going down. This is the time to jump in, right? Like we want, we want to understand this is like the biggest discount you're ever going to get as a real estate investor. This is the biggest opportunity in the next, I think, six, seven months. I think by end of Q3 of 2024, I think you missed the boat. Like, like you got to buy within the next nine months to get the best deal possible. Um, and I always love buying in Q4, just bought a deal and buying more deals. Like I always got a deal under contract. I love buying in Q4 cause no one else does. Um, and, uh, so, um, that's number two is kind of buying a undervalued assets or distressed, you know, just with the economy where it is. Um, three, you want to utilize strategic debts. So, you know, downturns often lead to lower interest rates as part of economics. So we know that interest rates are going to be less in the future. Um, maybe we can get into an adjustable loan, you know, everyone would be saying, Hey, well, that's not smart. Well, it's not smart if you're going on the incline, right? If you're buying at a cheap fixed house, like you could three years ago, you could have got a mortgage at three and a half percent. And some people still did adjustable rates. Why? Well, they just bought rate caps. That's because they know debt's cheaper that way. Um, but on the downturn, it's like, well, now we can get adjustable debt, maybe get a reduced rate, but then we can get in a fixed loan in like two years because we know that rates are probably going to slide now. Um, they, they are going to slide. We're at the max we're going. So just understand and how and when to take your debt. Now, now you're going to buy an asset with really high debt on it right now. And you're like, that's not the time to buy. That thing doesn't pencil. It doesn't provide any cash flow. Uh, this whole real estate thing is kind of bullshit. And I get it. Like that's the way it's going to be. But guess what? There ain't any other buyers. So you can still get this deal done. Guess what you believe in three years though. Do you think that the economy is going to be better or worse? If you think at all, it's going to be better. You think inflation's going to do its thing to assets. You are, you should be buying that deal because guess what? Everyone else is underwriting these deals the same way as you are using the same types of debt. You need to figure out how to get the deal done. Even if it isn't providing cash flow. maybe you get a tax uh, benefit from the depreciation and you get to ride the appreciation wave over the long run. I'm not saying in three years, you're going to like retire for your whole lifetime, but you will have made it much further than everyone that's sitting on the sidelines, um, which is again, the 99% you don't want to be a part of. So figure out a way to get to yes. Don't always just say no. I think that's just said way too much. Um, so four, um, cultivating relationships. I think this is so important, important and even partnerships because in downtimes, it might take more than just you to get the deal done. It might take, you might have to have a stronger partner in financials or stronger partner at management. Um, and just creating these relationships. Cause you understand like in this time, like partnerships, only the strongest partnerships, which were probably built in other recessions, right? Without you. And so if you're, you're, 
right now just saying, hey, when things get better, I'll find partners and do things. It's it's very hard to do that even. This is the easiest time to build relationships and provide value for others. Because if you can build strong relationships in like recessions and downtimes, guess what? Times get good and you guys all start making money. Wow, things can get really good, right? Like suddenly you have this strong network of investors and people and things are really changing in your favor and they should. And it's because you were doing the dirty work in the times that were the hardest and things will get easier in the future. I promise you, I've done it before um, and we're going through it right now. Everything is very difficult as a real estate developer, uh, contractor, anything you're doing is going to be difficult right now. If you can come out being good, you will come out being great out of a recession. And I'm a true believer in that. I think anyone I talked to within the 08 recession, they stuck through it. They sold assets. They did whatever they could to make it through there. Well, guess what? We had the biggest bull run in the last 12 years just because of that. So, and their, their business is growing, you know, dramatically. So create relationships and partnerships is the best time to do that. Not saying they're going to get something done right now, but you're planting those seeds. Um, number five, adapting your financial strategy. So everyone has a financial strategy, but you know, in a booming market, it might not, you know, it, you don't have a strategy that's, I don't think anything makes sense on the last 2021-22 deal. There was deals getting done that was just, it was just to get the deal. And now you see those deals are in jeopardy. People aren't going to own those deals. Um, you know, it's crucial to regularly like review your financial plan. So basically you want to you want to know, like, it's so funny that not enough people track their, like, net worth. Like, they track their businesses, they track their, their you know, apartments or whatever they got, whatever an asset is. They'll track their home, you know, depending upon what your problem is. Like, all my net worth's in my home, I got 140 grand equity. It's like, great, what are you doing with it? Like, are you, that doesn't mean anything to a bank when you go to get a loan. Like, if you go get the HELOC, and then you have equity to go buy like an apartment, that's showing net worth. But just so you know, if you have equity in your house, it does not do anything to your net worth. And it doesn't provide any accreditation because at the end of the day, your house has no way to provide income. Your, your house could go worth from um, 500 grand to 200 grand. It's just a supply demand thing. It's not that it's going to happen. I'm just telling you that if your equity is all in your house, you, you've kind of seen it wrong. Unless you're in a financial investing world where, hey, it makes sense to pay off your house. But uh, the one thing I'll never agree with Dane Ramsey is to pay off your house. And uh, unless you are in that financial position and you have enough investments where it makes sense that, hey, I have a $500,000 house and it's paid for, whatever it is. Uh, make sure your financial strategy is smart, though. You know, pay off your debts. Make sure that hey, when you go to a bank and you're, you may look like an riskier person. That hey, you have the best credit score, the best, cleanest credit card reports. Everything that's in your power to do to make look good is good. That way, when you need to lean on a bank, and maybe this is relationships you make. And I think to get deals done right now, you need to have banking relationships. You got to have relationships because right now they're not just lending to anybody. Start creating those relationships, start taking care of your personal finances, and start understanding your strategy on actually growing a net worth, like your own personal balance sheet. You are a business, no matter who you are. You have income, you have expenses, and you have money hopefully left over, or you're investing to hopefully grow your own personal investments. We're all a little holding company within ourselves, so start treating yourself that way. 
Um, investing in personal growth is number six. Um, you know, so we, I sell like a course. And if you are interested in that, you can DM me the word course and I'll send you a coupon code for it. But it builds your knowledge in, in real estate and something you can gift. Um, and, and something I preach to people, people come to me with all these questions. And I say, you know, have you bought the course? It's, you know, literally it's less than a couple hundred bucks. You can have like all these, uh, pretty much a path to go and buy in real estate. Like you're asking me one-on-one questions, go on YouTube university. If you want to ask really, uh, junior questions now, um, not enough people invest. I've, I've always invested six figures plus in the last seven years. Since I've gotten curious about what the wealthy do, I've always invested a ton of money in my personal growth. Maybe it's my personal brand. Maybe it's me books. Maybe it's taking courses. Maybe it's finding a mentor. And maybe it's all. And I'll tell you, it's the, probably the latter. Like I invest in it all. And that's what's really taken me from just doing what I do to taking me from owning construction company to six years ago. Now I'm a construction developer and now I'm literally have people investing beside me. So if you're interested in investing in real estate, all this seems really scary to you, but you kind of like what I'm talking about investing in assets, you can literally go to a link below or where would they find, uh, you can find, you can find me on Agora, go to my LinkedIn, you can click a tab and you can apply to be in our investor portal. And I always educate our investors. I try to provide as much value as I can as well to them. And they get to see all these projects that I'm doing. And, and you know, uh, if I'm raising money for it, they have a chance to be in the project right beside me. So if any of this, a lot of this may seem scary to you and you're like, hey, I like what you're talking about, but I'm not doing this myself. And maybe you invest beside me on one deal and then you're like, hey, I learned the ropes. Now I'm going to take this to the next level. That happens all the time. Maybe you're like, I got a 401k that I don't use. And um, I'm just like sick of being stuck in the stock market. Well, guess what? You can actually use in a self-directed RA, you can invest in real estate projects right beside me. You don't even have to, you know what I mean? So you can redirect your 401k money as long as uh, it can get to a self-directed state. And um, it's actually very easy to do this. Like just get a hold of us. Um, just put, I have an RA, IRA that I'm looking to invest in or a 401k and we can see if we can help you. And um and you can invest right into these real estate projects with that money. So you can get a much higher return than you would probably in the stock market. So um, not only that, you get taxable savings uh, with depreciation. The very reason the wealthy invest into real estate is literally the tax purposes. Not Sometimes it's not even for any other reason. Sometimes it makes zero sense on paper why they're investing in it. But as from a tax perspective, Hey, I save millions in taxes. That's why they do it. So, um, but lo and behold, either way I can educate you, whether it's through a course or, you know, just taking, investing in yourself, your, your best, you know, don't take, if you have $5,000, don't be looking at real estate deals, dump it back into you. Your ROI is going to be so much higher and you will be growing that net worth much quicker if you're just investing with you. Now, once you're investing in you, your income will start growing hopefully your expenses will probably stay the same if you're growing yourself the right way and you can educate yourself and, and grow your personal personal self. It's so important. And something, the first six years of my company, I was just too egotistical or didn't ask enough for help, didn't take time to do personal growth as much as I do now and um, it completely changed my life. So, um, which leads into number seven, which if you're gonna, if you're gonna invest in yourself, why not invest in growing your network, invest in growing 
how many people know you and what people know you for. And I'm specifically talking about building a brand. And and so now, you know, two years ago, I started this kind of through some spray and pray method, more or less. And now I'm very strategic with a building a personal brand. I'm trying to help you guys on here within the Mac podcast. We send out an email every Saturday um, called Unfollow the Herd. Um, uh, an email I'm actually talking about within this. And then we have YouTube on these seven specific things that I'm talking about. So it's like, it's all this repurposed content, but it helps out. It helps people dramatically, like to the point where I get people all over the States. Now I have friends. If I go to Texas, if I go to Arizona, if I go to California, if I go to Florida, if I go South Dakota, I have met the best people. I've partnered with the people that I've made this network with. And, and it's all from building a personal brand and actually taking it serious. It may be scary right away. Uh, it's always scary to turn your phone around and talk into it. It's scary to sit here on a microphone and tell people, you know, how to do all this stuff, you know, just my experiences. Um, but probably one of the, my biggest regrets is that I didn't start sooner in this. Um, I wish I would have done it at a higher level sooner. It takes money to invest in this, takes time, effort. Um, but I'm continually growing myself with, a, you know, educating myself and then continuing to build a strong personal brand. So if you got any questions on branding, you can always hit me up um, and make sure you're subscribed to our email too, because I always, I talk about this stuff all the time. Not only people follow me for real estate investments and, and, and how to do deals. And I give all the breakdowns within the email. I don't talk about that on the podcast. So if you want like real nitty gritty stuff, like I have emails that literally break down deals that I'm doing all the time. I'm closing on deals. I write down how we got it, how we creatively figured it out, how we did this deal. Like, so it'll give you some confidence that like, you can do this yourself. Or if you think all of this is too scary and you're like, Hey, I got more money than time, uh, and a high net worth, you know, earner. Hey, guess what? You know, you can invest beside us passively. So I can report to you on, on what the projects are doing and, and you can just, you know, more or less have mailbox money is what they would call that where you're getting depreciation. Uh, you're getting all the effects of real estate. You're just not dealing with any of the problems. Um, that are a lot associated with it. And there's complexities. It's a very complex uh, area. It can be very simple. It can also be very complex, but um, you know, it depends how long you've been doing it. So uh, guys, I appreciate it. And I will uh, see you on the next one.